0: We welcome you to this edition of Tuesday People, the podcast inspired by the book Tuesdays with Maury. I'm the author of that book, Mitch Album, and I'm the host of this podcast. Along with me is Lisa Goitz, my friend and producer of this podcast. Always good to see you, Lisa.
1: Greetings, Mitch. I always love when you call me your friend, that always makes me happy.
0: <laughs> you can put that on your business card. Mitch's yeah, friend. friend
1: friend of Mitch yeah. album <laughs>
0: I remember a uh, football coach who uh, retired football coach and he had been in the NFL and you know had quite a career but uh, when he retired he made up business cards and he just gave a business card and it said his name and underneath it just said US citizen <laughs> that was it ah, I love you know it. <laughs> like he, he didn't want any more associations with Nothing anything else. that was it so friend Nothing you can do. just put that on your on the on your business card just friend. i like friend. that Friend, yeah, I like Profe- professional friend,
1: <laughs> professional friend.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so I want to share with you this week both some experiences and some lessons that I have learned not only from Maury but since Maury passed away. Now, normally on the program, we take things that Maury said to me during the time that we were putting together or having our final class together, which ultimately became the book Tuesdays with Maury, and many of, the, of those lessons still ring true today. And we talk about how 25 years later, they still resonate. But this particular lesson, I just had another education in this past weekend. I went to go visit Maury's wife. Now, Maury passed away in 1997. So that is 24 years ago. I'm sorry, Maury passed away in 1995, 26 years ago. The book was 1997. So 26 years ago. His wife, Charlotte was always very um, independent, intelligent, accomplished. She was a professional therapist, counselor to many people. She had many patients. And uh, now, God bless her, she's in her late 90s and is still with us. And I I went to go visit her. And in the time that we visited together, um, I realized that you know, we talked some about Maury and some about the book Tuesdays with Maury, obviously. And I realized that Charlotte was an exception to many rules of long term spouses and long term relationships. They had been married, gosh, I would want to say if Maury was 78, um, certainly close 50 or 50, 50 plus years. years. Yeah. yeah. Right. And in many cases, when people are married that long, and one of the partners dies, the other often withers, and in many cases dies shortly within the time frame of the first one dying. I have, Mm -hmm. at the same time, and this is kind of why this topic is on my mind, I have uh, good friends who just lost their uh, father very unexpectedly. And it was actually their mother's health who they were worried about. They were both in their late 80s. And the father was, relatively speaking, you know, a little healthier, but sadly, he he passed away. And immediately, there was concern for the mother, who had a, had a health incident within a week's time, uh, because of that very fact, that they know that they were so closely connected. This was one of those marriages, you know, they were so tightly connected, mm. that the fear is... How do we keep the remaining spouse alive? How do we make sure that this bolt of grief that hits you like a log in the head Mm -hmm. doesn't knock over the other partner? Because we've seen relatively healthy people diminish in an extraordinarily quick amount of time and be gone after their husband or their wife dies. Yeah. Then and then here's the opposite case. With Charlotte, Charlotte managed to, despite her intense love of Maury, managed to live yet another twenty six years is still alive. And for much of that time, the earlier years of it, the first couple of decades anyhow, she was working, she was dealing with her clients and her patients on a regular basis, even though she had this empty space in her life because Maury wasn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. so, I want to talk a little bit about what happens when you lose a long time partner, a long time spouse, you know someone who has been in your life i mean we we could easily talk, you could always talk about losing people, but that's this is a little bit different. This is when you lose somebody who has been part of your life for so long that it's almost impossible to imagine. And how do you individually deal with that, but also how do the family members and people around deal with that? So I wanna offer up a few things that I have observed over time. Uh, first of all, there's no right way to feel after a long-term spouse dies. There's, there's no like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm supposed to feel this, and if I'm not feeling this, I'm doing something wrong. It's different for everybody. And so you might feel numb, you might feel anxious, you might feel despairing or sad beyond belief, but whatever it is, there is no right thing. So first and foremost, you can't measure grief on a scale. It's not like buying deli meat. You know, I'll take three quarters of a pound of turkey breast, and you put it on, it. and then yeah. they try to just put it on the scale, and they it has a little readout, and whatever. Well, yeah. grief doesn't work like that. You can't say, "Well, we were married Mm-mm. for fifty six years, so therefore the appropriate reaction is you know fifty six years worth of grief." Put it on the on the deli scale, and and we'll measure yeah. it out. There's no such thing. Sometimes yeah. people are so entwined with one another that When the spouse departs, it's almost as if it doesn't hit them. It's Mm -hmm. almost as if they, they don't really accept it. And in many cases, in their mind, they may not even really accept it. I am always reminded of when my grandfather passed away on my father's side before my grandmother did. And we were sent, each of the grandchildren, they were living in Florida, and each of the grandchildren were sent down to stay with our grandmother one at a time for a week or two to keep her company so i went and my sister went i think my brother went so i went and i was surprised to see that my grandmother was not crying mm-hmm. she wasn't morose she didn't just sit in a chair and weep she cooked she made up the house she she did all the things a pretty simple woman, you know, an an, mm-hmm. an, immigrant, an immigrant. And, um, you know, she, she kind of did what she normally did. Except I noticed that when it was time for dinner, she would start calling for my grandfather. Uh? And she would say, Frank, his, his name was Frank. Frank, uh-huh. Frank, come on, we have to eat. And I would be in the kitchen with her Right. looking at For her and of course he, like, yeah right. yeah it was yeah. only like 16 or 17 and, and you know it was, it was kind of freaky yeah. and she would say and i didn't know what to say so she would wait and she'd yell again and then she'd say oh he has the television on he can't hear oh and uh but she wouldn't go in the room she would just keep Aww. yelling frank come on frank oh he has the tv on he said let's eat without him you know we'll, we'll he'll get he'll come he'll he'll come in and this went on the entire week we were there and I I didn't have the heart to just tell her he's gone. I think this was how she coped with it. She just Wow didn't really accept that she was gone. He just he was that he was being frank and he wasn't answering and you know, the T V was on too loud and, and all the other little assorted things. They had been together for so wow. long. I just don't think in her case she could imagine how to act in a world without him. So she chose yeah. not she chose not to. She just chose to be in the world with him without him physically there. And yeah. that's that should not surprise anybody. Now, is that more right or more loving or more honorable than someone who breaks down and weeps and says, I can't believe he's gone? No. It's one way of dealing with it. Another way of dealing with it is to do i think what charlotte ended up doing was to just be very pragmatic about it but also go back to work get back into her mm-hmm. routine in that case you know but go go back to the, the the things that she did regularly maybe do them even more so bury bury yourself in your work that can be a perfectly normal response and i would think that people who do that they probably live longer without their partner. Mm -hmm. Now, this is not scientific, Mm -hmm. so please don't take it. I don't have data to back this up. I said I imagine. Because they are basically saying, I am going to accept a world where my spouse is not in it, and I'm going to find ways to thrive in that world, maybe not romantically, maybe not in in a marriage form, but I'm going to work or I'm going to whatever, and I'm going to use the time that I suddenly have and, and put it into that. And yeah. those people, I think, kind of take the deviation opposite of my grandmother. They um, they say, I'm going to create a new world that doesn't have my partner in it. Mm-hmm. And again, is that cold? Is that not as loving as someone who talks to someone who isn't there? No. It's mm-hmm. another way of dealing with the grief. And you should be kind to yourself if you find yourself oriented that way and say, Life is, it's as if we're given multiple lives or multiple planets to live on, if it's easier to think of it that way. We have the planet that we live on when our spouse is alive and we are a married couple. And then we have the planet to live on when our spouse is no longer here and we are single. We are alone. We are widows or widowers. Different Mm -hmm. planet. And it feels like a different planet. The things that you do are different. The people you associate with are different. The the opportunities you have are different. The conversations are different. The bed is different. The pillow is different. The bathroom is different. All of that. I, I remember doing a piece for Parade Magazine many years ago about uh, older people who lost their partners and the different things that they would do to remember them. And one uh, woman would... Um, spray her husband's cologne just a mm-hmm. dab of it on the pillow next mm. to her because for all those years you know even guys who did they take a shower or whatever they still have a little bit of. you could still smell it you know yeah. and uh that enabled her to sleep better you know she knew she was doing it she wasn't kidding herself like he was still there she just liked the smell but another one i remember yeah. left left her husband's clothes in the closet and Mm, just didn't. That's a hard one, yeah. Yeah, but didn't get rid of them because she just, it it gave her comfort to see his clothes there. Yeah. Um, You know, it didn't freak her out. And so she kept them. There are many things, you know, little acts like that 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 people do uh, because it is a different planet. You know, it's just a different planet that you're on. But that planet can also be the planet where you choose to um, develop a a different life, uh, a life of, of... of uh, contribution and value. Yeah. And that's okay. You're not insulting yeah. your partner, you know, uh, by doing that. Now, I know Lisa, you yeah. went through this with your dad and mom. Your mom mm-hmm. uh, passed away. Your dad's still with us. Uh, what was that like in your case?
1: Well, I'm going to do my dad in one second because I want to go back to the last thing you just said about people who are able to move on. Um, my aunt, after my uncle died, uh, they had a place in, they live in Michigan, but they had a place in um, Arizona as well. She continued to go to Arizona and, you know, for the winters and has a very active life there. She has friends, she golfs, She she's in her 90s now too. Mm-hmm. And she goes to dinner parties and card parties and all this stuff. She remained extremely active and I swear if you saw her, you'd think she was 70, not 90. She's, Mm. you know, um, very, uh, you know, youthful, I would say. And, uh, you know, obviously not that she didn't care about my uncle or that it didn't hurt her. Right. But she was able to just sort of pick up and go. My dad, on the other hand, definitely um, struggled. And you could see it in his health and everything. I mean, granted, my dad just turned 99 last week, but um, so he's no youngster.
0: God bless Um, him. So,
1: I know. So, I guess his health is going to be deteriorating anyway. But, you know, I think he was so dependent on my mom, where my aunt was probably not as dependent on Mm. my uncle. And I think that's a big part of it. You know, my mom was the one who kept everything together. You know, she gave my dad his medicines, she cooked for him, she knew where his shoes were, she took his clothes out for Sundays for church, all of that. So, when she left, he was left like, huh? You know, he right. didn't know quite what to do, and I think he was very lost. So I think there's an element, maybe, of how independent you were from one another in your life, right. and I think that that sort of, sort of has something to do with it. However, I have a friend of ours who lost a husband a few years ago, and, you know, my age has never been the same since, And and it was a very independent woman, and so... I guess you don't know how it's going to hit people i i you know but I think there's a, some sort of sense of who's the first one to go, who's going to get because I think it could flip if if the husband goes first in some cases, the wife is crushed, but if the wife would have gone first, the husband may be able to continue you know many times men find new wives, no. I think quicker than women find new husbands i think you know, I've seen more of my parents' friends who get remarried after death.
0: The men—it's the men who get yeah. remarried,
1: but the women don't. So well, it, that's it's so, an so complicated. unfair thing in
0: this society. You know, the older men with younger women—that's okay. Yeah. You know, older women with younger men—that's like, hmm. You know, somehow. You know, I know.
1: It's, but, not, it's funny because of my dad. I was gonna. My dad had this lady friend at the um, place where he lives and they did everything together. Like they ate together, they had fun together, they whatever. I said, why don't you guys start, you know, maybe she could be your new, you know, lady friend, you know? And he said, ah, she's too old for me. (laughs) And I'm like, how old is she? And he said, ah, she's 97. At the time my dad was 96. I'm like, she's a year older than you. (laughs) She's 97 years old. Yeah. My it's dad thought that was too old for phenomenal him. Phenomenal <laughs> that
0: uh, people in ninety six and ninety seven are having these discussions. Period. But the, the point is that there isn't a right or wrong way. They're all right. They're all. Yeah. They're all. And, and and that's the whole thing. You've got to number one go easy on yourself. Don't don't torture yourself over the methodology, which is hitting you as the right way to grieve, because there isn't one right way to grieve. And you may find that, especially in a long-term relationship, it may not hit you mm-hmm. for a year. It may not really hit you that you, you know what you're, that you're really alone. Uh, y- you know, you you could be like my grandmother walking around the house and talking to somebody who isn't there uh, until finally something happens that hits it home for you that that you're alone. May take time. Mm-hmm. Number two, you've got to take care of yourself physically because Mm -hmm. one of the things, and you mentioned husbands who are dependent on their wives for pills, for uh, food, for schedules and organizing. Sometimes when those wives pass away after a long period of time, the guys stop eating, or they eat badly, or they just eat Mm -hmm. junk. They forget to take their medicine. So your physical health starts Deteriorating along with your mental health, and that's no good at all. You really need to make sure. And you know, as someone who has grieved both parents and children, sadly in his life, uh, I, I I know exactly that whole thing about I just don't want to eat. I don't want Mm -hmm. to drink. Mm -hmm. I don't want anything. You got to eat something. I don't want anything. You know, I know you don't want, you got to eat it anyhow. No, I don't feel it. I I don't really know where that comes from. I just think it's a a very human thing. Like you you just lose the appetite or whatever. It's almost as if you're torturing yourself. You're like punishing yourself that you don't deserve to be um, fed. You know, you don't deserve to be taken care of if your loved one isn't there to share it with you, but you have to. You have got to take care of your physical health. So that's number two. Number three, as you you pointed out, Lisa, uh, adjust your social life. A lot of times, I think when people lose longtime spouses, husbands or wives, they look at it as like well, if I'm going to you know, have a social life, I mean, I, I'm i not interested in finding anybody else. I don't want to replace my husband or my wife. I, it'll never... Do, you shouldn't look at it like that. You should look at it... Again, we're on another planet now. Mm-hmm. You're not looking to, how will I ever find somebody who is as good as my husband was or as good as my wife was who's mm-hmm. going to know me that well? You're not going to find that, especially if you're in your 60s or 70s or 80s and you've been together with somebody since you were 20s. You can't meet somebody... And start living again like you were 20 and and yeah. grow together. You're going to meet somebody at this level where you are. And many times, you don't need a romantic relationship you know, per se. You don't need it to be physical per se. First and foremost, you just need companionship. Companionship, yeah, yeah. people to talk to, people so that you are not buried alone. Some people just feel like, well, that's my only alternative is like to look for another wife. And I don't want to mm-hmm. look for another wife. Or look for another husband, but I don't want to look for another husband. No, that's not your only alternative. There are small steps in between. Well, and for
1: a lot of people, I think it's very difficult for them to try to operate as a single person and not part of a couple. And when they go back out to socialize with their normal friends that they've been socializing with for 40 years, it's a very different dynamic because that other person is not there, especially if all the other couples are still intact. Right. So I think that's a very challenging thing for some people to do but you have to realize that they like you for you. So you can, you know, you're still welcome and you're still going to be the same part of those conversations and everything that you had prior.
0: Right. Yeah. But it it may also be, it may also be that for a while you should avoid those, you know, in the immediate thing, because if they're just going to be crushing things, they're going to make you uncomfortable. They're going to make everybody else uncomfortable. Oh, you know, I wish that, Manny was here. Oh, I wish that Sam was yeah. here. Oh, I wish Gloria yeah. was here. You can't. Y- y- you can only do that so much. Then it becomes torturous. Sometimes you need to take mm-hmm. a break from those couple friends and just you know maybe mm-hmm. spend a little bit more time with people who are in similar situations to you or who are single or have lost somebody already. And mm-hmm. then say eventually I'll get back to to that. But going, you're right, Lisa. That's a very important point to to go and try to expect that. Everything is going to be normal if you just go back out with your friends. You're just going to have an empty chair there. Yeah. That's not normal. That, that's, that's not uh, – it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. So you have to uh, watch out for that. Another thing to be careful about is – and not be too hard on yourself – is finances. You know, this is a practical part of things, but many couples, mm-hmm. as you pointed out before when you were talking about your mom and your dad, uh, they kind of divide, divide the labor, divide the responsibility mm-hmm. and somebody becomes the financial person. And if that's the person who dies, uh, yeah, you know, you've got to be very careful that you don't just let everything go. And, oh, well that was, yeah. that was my husband's role and I can't do that. Well, then you got to yeah. find somebody who can because you're, yeah, that was li- my mom.
1: Uh. Yeah.
0: Life on the new planet still demands yeah. that you pay your taxes and still yeah. demands that you, you know, pay your rent and all uh. the rest of it. So, Uh, Again, this is something that people go through all the time about, you know, oh, I can't deal with it, or he always took care of it, I don't want to deal with it now, but then find somebody who will, because Mm -hmm. it it can become a real burden, and a lot of people get in trouble, and they don't file the right paperwork, and if there's estate planning things that have to be done and all the rest of it, and they don't do it, they they really can end up paying a, a big price, you know? So you have got to make sure that you take care of that. Yeah. So we've got the my physical, all of financial. It. Yeah. Yeah. So what did your dad my mom do did when all she that. was gone?
1: The one thing that was weird is after my mom died, we didn't get birthday um cards with a $25 check in them anymore. <laughs> that was the one thing. Uh-huh-huh. I don't I don't think my dad, we got birthday cards, but I'm like where's that money? He forgot the check.
0: Maybe she never <laughs> told him he che- was she I don't was think uh, including he ever knew a knew check. That- yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't think he ever knew the that coming that out of, was his part his of his account, but he
0: didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> um along See those lines, uh, the home also is very important. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times people live in a house together and then they feel that, oh, my spouse is gone. I don't want to be here. You know, I, I or how am I going to manage the house without them? And sometimes people jump out and, and try to make a really fast, you know, I'm, I'm selling the house, I'm moving out. That's generally not a good idea. You should, you should, Stay where you are for a while, maybe, you know, maybe up to a year or so and just sort of absorb what's going on because it's a big thing to move and it's a big thing to move into mm. a new mm-hmm. house or a new living situation. I know that people say, well, it's haunted, I'm too lonely, uh, wherever, but, but, you know, it's a little bit like running back into the game after you get a bandage on top of a big wound. You know, just because yeah. you put a Band-Aid over it doesn't mean that it's healed. It takes time under that Band-Aid to heal. And we take time to grieve and to heal and to suddenly race out into a new home life or a new town or a new thing. That, that I think, would throw you off far more than you would know. And, and uh, mm-hmm. that's something to watch out for as well. Finally, um... And I'll play you this little cut that Maury said when I talked to him about, you know, his his mother died very young and his father had to get by without her until he remarried and he really kind of turned inward and didn't really know what to do uh, and that was just sort of his way of dealing with things. But I asked Maury about what sort of, the takeaway was as a child from seeing his mother die and realizing that that relationship didn't go on forever. And I think it was pertinent to what we're talking about here. Here's what he said. The big internalization was the fact that the world is a dangerous place. If you make attachments to things or people, they'll be snatched away. So you better be careful Don't put too much investment into things or people. Of course, you're apt to lose them. That's what I internalize. So that internalization, even for a young boy, as Maury was when his mother died, that doesn't go away, and that repeats itself, and that's something you have to watch out for as well with the loss of a spouse, is that you don't Mm -hmm. say, oh, I get this, The world is a dangerous place. I can't make attachments like I did with my husband or with my wife because they'll be taken away, and I don't want to hurt Mm -hmm. like this again. So then what happens is you just don't get close to anybody, and that's not good. You know, If you're healthy enough and you're going to be here for a while, you need to be human and you need to interact in human fashion, and you can't just say, well, I'm in mourning and and, uh, I don't want to feel anything anymore. That's mm-hmm. not living fully human. Now, I know in some cultures, you know, when a husband dies, the the woman is a widow forever, even if yeah. the husband dies very young. And uh, to put on black headdresses and black dresses and cover your face and just live like that from your 20s until your 80s. I mean, again, it's not for me to evaluate cultures, but that just seems a harsh way to punish someone for something that they didn't have anything to do with. Yeah. You know, if the husband dies young or the husband dies in war or in battle or whatever, you you're you're relegated to 60 some odd years of just living in a you know, as a widow and a marked widow yeah. and with uh that just seems a little too much. Uh, that happened but,
1: a lot in my culture, like in yeah. the Serbian culture. The mm-hmm. ladies would always sit in church and you always knew who those ladies were. All dressed in their black for and they looked now when I think about it, they were probably only like 50 at the time, but right. they looked like they were 90, you know, they, everybody looked old and sad and it's a whole different way, you know. Um, again, not bad. I mean, not, you, you, you can't fault anybody, but no. it's a, but we all, I like to think we all live and we all die. And I think we've learned that on the show now that we're on our 79th episode, mm. um, the, one, the one continuing thread that goes through this is that we live and we all die. So if we keep that in mind, you have to live while you're here. And I know, I know, I know, I know that's hard sometimes, but I, that really is important.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's, it's perfectly fine uh, to do that. Uh, you also, it's okay to be redefined. You know, we don't all live with one definition in life. We don't. We think of the simple things. Uh, You work at one place, then you take a new job, and you work someplace else. I used to be an IBM employee, now I'm an Apple employee. Okay, that's classification. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have a house, then you sell it, you move into a condo. I used to be a homeowner, now I'm a condo owner you know you move from the condo yeah. to an apartment i used to own a condo now i'm a renter we we reclassify ourselves all the time i never used to play golf now i'm a golfer you know nobody seems to mind that but when the definition has to come that well i was married and and now i'm a widow or now i'm a widower we rail against that we fight that we don't yeah. want that classification it's all right to come up with a new definition to redefine who you are relative to the world and all the rest of it it's all right It's part of the circle of life. You just go through different stages. So don't feel like you can't define yourself differently, and don't feel, as Maury expressed there, that, oh, I don't want to ever show affection to anybody again because affection comes with a price. The price Mm -hmm. is it can be taken away, and then you end up feeling like I feel now, and I don't ever want to feel this way again, so I'm just not going to Mm -hmm. care about anybody. And and normally, you know, if you have a good marriage and— You know, your wife or husband, they don't want you to become an unfeeling, uncaring person on their behalf. Mm. They want you to use the love that you are not using for them someplace else. You know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't always have to be somebody else. It could be with family members or kids or whatever. But uh, you have to be willing to sort of say, okay, I'm going to be defined more this way now and be okay with it. Life redefines you all the time, and most Mm -hmm. of the time we sort of accept it. But then, sometimes we don't want to. So these are all things to kind of watch out for when you uh, should find yourself after a long-term relationship suddenly on your own. And as I as I say, I think about Charlotte, who's done an amazing job, and 26 years, you know, most of which were totally independent and. Working and and, and maintaining and you know, people at work would say to her, Oh, I read the book about your husband, Tuesdays with Maury. And you know, I always would say, Boy, that's that's a lot different than when people say that to me. Like I read the book about your old professor. Well, okay, he's the old professor, he was he was forty years older than me. Of course he's gonna pass away, I'm still gonna be here. But when people say, Oh, I read the book about your husband to the wife Yeah, it hits them differently, you know, that's because deep, it's just a, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a yet another reminder, yet another reminder that her husband is gone and is influencing people. And in fact, they're having more of a relationship with him than she is. You know, we're studying him yeah, in school. We're right? studying the book. We're writing papers. I always worried that that would make her feel like, well, you guys are closer to my husband than, than I am right now. Um, but that's not the way to look at it either. I mean, you have a right to, to have in your life what, whatever... And whoever you want, and whatever part of the person who's gone is right is is right for you as well. You have the right to experience your own grief, however uniquely you do that. you have a right to feel a bunch of different emotions, however you want to do that. you have a right to have these moments where you just kind of ah you know and, and then come back from it. These are all normal, <laughs> but um and you have a right to hang on to your memories. And, you know, don't let anybody mm-hmm. ever say to you, well, it's time to move on, time to move on. I hate that phrase. Time to move yeah. on. This is not, we're not like in the stagecoach days where everybody gets into their yeah. <laughs> stagecoach. It's time to move on. Get along, little doggies. Come on, here we go. You know, we're all going out. Our stagecoaches are going out. Some people get on with it a lot slower than other people get on with it. And yeah. you have every right to do it at your own pace. But the overall philosophy, You know, life is for the living, I think, makes sense. In Maury's religion, in the Jewish religion, there's a very limited time of mourning, a very specific time of mourning. And Mm -hmm. after that time is up, you're supposed to get on with your life. Because the philosophy of Judaism is, it's a religion for the living and for life here. God will take care of heaven and where we're going and all the rest of it. But for here, and so the Shiva period is 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 limited you know shiva being you know when you sort of sit in grief Mm -hmm. and uh, you are told not to mourn beyond a certain time and then get on with life and you know i i think that's easier for some than others especially if we're losing somebody who's so close to us for so many years so hopefully these tips have helped you a little bit and if you should find yourself in that situation or find somebody else who's in that situation or if your parents are going through it then by all means try to keep some of these things in mind And uh, remember that everybody goes through this, but everybody goes through it individually. And so it's not one size fits all, just because so Mm -hmm. many people go through it. Be easy on yourself. Take care of your physical health, your mental health. Adjust your social life. Adjust your financial life. Adjust your housing life, if need be. But don't feel bad about things. It's something, sadly, that we all, all go through eventually, if we're lucky enough to live a long time. That's going to wrap it up for today's program. We will see you next week for another edition of Tuesday People. If you like what you heard, you can go to wetuesdaypeople.com on the web. That's our website, com, And find out more about our show and uh, previous episodes and things like that. Until we see you next time, on behalf of Lisa Goitsch, Lisa, nice to talk with you as always. I yes. am I am Mitch Album saying... See you next Tuesday.
1: Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, we're Tuesday People.